Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors, welcome to Monster Movie Funtime Go and 31 Days of Horror. Day number 10. Yay! 10 days. How's it going? As you hear, I have my honeybee here with me today. How you feeling, honeybee? I'm feeling good. I kind of feel a little bit stuffy but it is the season it's like yeah it's like turning into fall here and they're like ugh, cedar and everything just everywhere so even like my eyes yeah. are like a little bit puffy and itchy today so feeling good yeah. but you know those allergies coming in strong <laughs> yeah i'm the same i'm actually wearing a sweater today oh just a light little button-up cardigan 10 days in how how is it going so far for you it's going all right I got a lot of stuff in the can already, a lot of guests, and uh, it's great. Good. So today we're wrapping up Resident Evil. Uh, we might squeeze in the reboot, but this is the end of the Mila run. So sad. So sad, but so good. It's Resident Evil, the final chapter from 2016, once again written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Of course, it stars Mila Jovovich as Alice and her clones. She also plays Alicia Marcus, daughter of the creator of the T-Virus. Hot twist. Turns out Alice is a clone after all, just not in the way that we had thought in an earlier film. Crazy. Turns out the Red Queen is based on young Alicia Marcus, not young Angela Ashford, as had been implied, but not explicitly stated, in an earlier film. Yeah, how did you how did you feel about this? Like how did you feel about this like in the beginning, like this kind of change of storyline? Not really, but sort of it feels like it. Yeah, I I mean it didn't bother me because they never did they didn't come right out and say it was Ashford's daughter. In the first movie they just say the head developer or something. They never say the name of the person yeah. that she's based but, on. They just yeah, say like then, the project director or head developer or something like that. But then we get the whole movie with like the the guy and his daughter and like us trying to get her out of uh Lucidian stuff. So it just like feels and then Weird, she disappears. We never we never find out what happened to her. <laughs> and yeah. the Red Queen, so the Red Queen and young Alice are played by Ever Anderson, who is the daughter of Mila and Paul W.S. Anderson. Aww. So that's why she looks so much like her. Cute. And this is the third <laughs> uh, third actress to play the Red Queen now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she's got a budding modeling and acting career going. She seems to be doing well. Uh, I follow Mila on Instagram, and they seem like a lovely little family. There's a second daughter. I think mm. there's just two. Maybe there's a third one by now. I'm not sure. Uh, Ian Glenn as Dr. Alex Isaacs and one clone. 
<laughs> Ali Larder is back as Claire Redfield. Sean Roberts, sadly, is back as Albert Wesker. Uh, Oyen Mackin as Doc. Fraser James as Razor. Ruby Rose as Abigail. She's so young with tiny yes. like doesn't have hardly any tattoos. <laughs> That's how you can gauge her her age. Well, like counting so the rings on a tree, now. you count the tattoos on the Ruby Rose. <laughs> uh, William Levy as Christian. Rolla as Cobalt. Is he a rapper of some kind, I'm assuming, from the one name? No idea. And uh, Ever Anderson, as I said, as Red Queen and Young Alice. Lee Jun Ji as Commander Chu. And Mark Simpson as Dr. James Marcus. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and in initial thoughts? Um, yeah, I did think it was like a little... I I felt like it was almost, but not quite, stretching to like turn this storyline kind of sideways. And then also, I was like... When there's a part, there's a moment when it's like, um, right, right in the beginning, where it's like, okay, there's an anti an airborne antivirus and you can stop all of this and it just felt like such a very abrupt solution to end these movies like uh-huh. it just seemed like what? like what do you mean like we've gotten we've been through six movies and like you're just gonna come right out and just like and like i don't know it was just like i i love the movies i thought they were so good i like i said i felt like it was almost stretching like i was like okay i'll believe it i believe it you know, the storyline thing. and But the abruptness of just, like, the Red Queen being like, hey, there's this, like, cure. I was just like, wow, that is very... That's a, that's a long way to drag someone, right? Six movies <laughs> to just be like... <laughs> I was just kind of like, that, that, okay. But I loved it, and I thought it was amazing. Um, there was something else for initial thought. But now that we're talking about it, I am not sure. I was, I'll probably remember it as we get to it. But yeah, so I love, I love how every single movie there is, we just like they come up with more shit. Like the storyline is crazy. The zombies are evolved differently. Like we get more crazies. Like the guys who are flying now. Which I guess are in the game, right? They have to be. Uh, I think so. I think so. Surely, because it feels like a really important like thing. <laughs> but yeah, I just I love how evolved we are at this point, and how crazy the storyline gets. And like some of the things, like the dragging the captives behind, you know, like oh, just so many things that like you just are new that we haven't seen before. And I just really appreciate that. It just really makes this series so good. And I'd say this is like a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful way to end this Mila uh, thing that we have going here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my initial thoughts is that this is her most boring costume of Aww. all the movies. <laughs> I honestly don't even remember costume. Yeah, exactly. She's wearing like a black tank top, black jeans, uh, a black ish overcoat and then various straps and belts and things to hold her weapons but it's there's nothing it's just the all, all the other costumes have been so distinctive and this one's just kind of 
Yeah. It seems like maybe it's the remnants of some of her other costumes. Hmm. Maybe what's left over from what she had in the other, in the previous movie. I think I that it's Mila all, could do the entire movie in a trash bag and I would give a shit. Well, it, I mean, it looks fine. It's just not as, it's very practical and it's not nearly as interesting as some of the other ones were. Hmm. But it is in the same general vein as the last two movies, the tight black outfit. So it's not a complaint exactly. I guess it's a little bit of a complaint. It's just very generic looking. <laughs> Nothing distinctive. If you showed up as this in your cosplay, it wouldn't necessarily <laughs> see. You might just seem like generic wasteland warrior, generic Mad Max person, not Alice. I'm Alice from the sixth Resident Evil movie. <laughs> That's the version I chose. Uh, oh, somebody, all my friends were already doing all the other ones. So I got stuck with number six. All right, well, let's get into the plot. We've got a summary here from Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. In a flashback, it is revealed that Dr. James Marcus, the founder of the Umbrella Corporation, had a daughter, Alicia... <laughs> who was dying of progeria. That's the aging disease. Mm -hmm. Desperate to save her, Marcus confiscates an untested embryonic umbrella project created by his colleague, Dr. Charles Ashford, who we saw in the second movie, the T-virus, and uses it on Alicia and others with the disease. After one child treated with the virus dies and becomes a zombie, Marcus orders the project to be terminated and forbids Ashford pr from pursuing it. <laughs> That seems like the right decision. Mm -hmm. His partner, Dr. Alexander Isaacs, has Marcus murdered by Albert Wesker, adopts Alicia, and takes over the corporation. Alicia inherits her father's 50% ownership. After being betrayed by Wesker in Washington, D.C., so now we're back to modern time, mm -hmm. Alice awakens. The Red Queen appears and tells her she has 48 hours to infiltrate the Hive, a facility beneath Raccoon City. The Umbrella Corporation has an airborne antivirus that can kill every zombie, but is waiting for the last few remaining humans to be wiped out. As her body carries the virus, Alice does not expect to live after the mission. So now the Red Queen's trying to help her after it was trying to kill her in the last movie. And it seems these Umbrella Corp... There's some Umbrella Corporation higher-ups that are on ice, that are like in suspended animation down in the yeah. hive. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, they think it's a good idea to just wait for the rest of humanity to be wiped out before they come out. Yeah, I mean, that's a that, that that's the smartest thing so that they because the fucking T-virus is so relentless and they know it and that it's the safest way for them not to get infected. Oh, so you think that their plan is just to avoid the virus? Yeah, they're no, like it's waiting not part out of take, entire... It's not part of taking over the world. They're just trying to wait out their mistake. I think that they're trying to wait out their mistake so that they can take okay. over the world. Because they're going to so... have to work really hard. They're not taking over the world. They're going to... If they're the only ones left, then it's their job to rebuild it. They're going to have to work their asses off. They're going to have to work harder than they... These rich, spoiled fuckers are going to have to work harder than they ever had because there's not going to be any plebeians for them to exploit. Mm -hmm. This is not going to work out the way they think it is. Yeah, but they're... I they, mean... I don't, it's weird how they, like, connect it. This this guy connects it to, like, the Bible shit. I was kind of like, ew. Like, he's connecting it to, like, 
to him like he's saying like you know like god flooded the world and like he's like it's like so icky it made me feel really icky (laughs) (laughs) uh while traveling alice is captured by isaacs learning the isaacs she previously killed was a clone she escapes his convoy and reaches raccoon city where she meets a group of survivors so we're going back to the beginning as is proper in a finale uh, the group of survivors, Doc, Abigail, Christian, Cobalt, Razor, and Claire Redfield, who survived the attack on Arcadia. Isaac's convoy approaches, trailed by a horde of zombies. Alice and the group defeat them and retrieve Isaac's few human captives, though Cobalt dies in the process. Alice and crew enter the hive, where Wesker is in control. He releases mutated guard dogs, killing Christian and a freed captive. The Red Queen appears to Alice and explains that her program is in conflict as she can never hurt an Umbrella employee, but also must value human life. So why, why, can't, why can't she hurt an, an Umbrella employee? And when, well, when she's was been, that established? Because she's, she's murdered like hundreds. That's true. She, so that, I could understand that being part of her programming, but we have seen that that is not part of her programming. You're absolutely right. She, those guys that came in in the first movie were umbrella. She killed the first batch of umbrella employees in uh, the lockdown from the initial contamination, and then she killed more umbrella employees that came in to find out what happened. Mm-hmm. So I know maybe there's certain circumstances in which she can override that, but she doesn't seem to be programmed to value human life either. Maybe this is a new program because there have been some umbrella dudes. Maybe after that first incident, incident, <laughs> they said, "Let's put in a subroutine that says, <laughs> don't kill umbrella employees." Yeah, maybe. So. But she was right in the first movie. She was right. We wouldn't be yeah. in this situation now if they just let her do her job. Mm-hmm. <sighs> so anyway, this is her current state of programming, but it is obviously not always. Her programming. (laughs) She plays a video of Isaacs explaining to Umbrella's executives a plan to release the T-virus, cleansing the world of humanity. Many of the rich and powerful, including the company's executives, are stored in cryogenic capsules in the hive with the intention of rebuilding the world following the resulting apocalypse. But in the first movie, this was all an accident. Mm -hmm. But, oh, I don't know. Maybe... Well, in the first movie, her husband, her husband was the one who, like, released the her fake husband. Into, yeah, her fake husband into the facility. So maybe that was part of the this him yeah. his stealing it to begin with was maybe part of this mm-hmm. plan. Yeah, that's one thing. I don't know. The Red Queen warns Alice that someone in her group is helping Umbrella. The group encounters several traps that end up killing Abigail and Razor and Razor. Alice and Doc plant bombs throughout the hive and confront the real tech upgraded Isaacs. So the first guy, first Isaacs we met outside was also a clone. And as you mentioned, that guy has some kind of religious fervor going on. He thinks this is all biblical prophecy coming about and he's all behind it. And he thinks he's some kind of prophet or something. Mm -hmm. He does seem to have some fanatics that are following him. Yeah. Ew. Doc turns out to be Umbrella Spy, and Claire is captured by Wesker. Which I feel like ha- it had to be Doc, because there, 
there's this weird awkward moment where um Alice has just like met the group and Doc is like fixing her up and then he and Claire have this moment and he walks out of the room and Claire for no reason at all looks at Alice and says hey him and me and she says I noticed and I was like why the fuck did that was so unnecessary like I just felt like it was like a weird moment which automatically made me believe it was Doc was the bad guy (laughs) right it just (laughs) because it's got to be a real betrayal it can't just be some rando it's got to be somebody that (laughs) they care about who betrays them yeah yeah it was just such a weird moment. I was like, okay, we had to have that moment for a reason. Alice does like, something about what do you... What? Alice, Alice says something about what do you think... What's Claire going to think about this? Oh, yeah. What a douche nozzle. <laughs> so a, a cryogenic capsule opens, releasing Alicia Marcus, Umbrella's co-owner and Marcus's daughter, and Mila Jovovich in old age makeup. An old lady face. (laughs) Isaacs reveals to Alice that she is actually a clone of Alicia. He plans to eliminate the pair and assume control of Umbrella. Alicia fires Wesker, allowing the Red Queen to crush his legs with the security door. Since he's no longer an employee, the Red Queen can take him out. Doc tries to shoot Alice, but his gun is empty as Alice had earlier deduced his treachery, and Claire kills him. After giving Wesker a dead man switch to the primed bombs, Alice and Claire pursue Isaacs while Alicia uploads a copy of her childhood memories. Mm. Isaacs, Alice, and Claire fight. Isaacs overpowers them at first, but Alice manages to activate a grenade in his pocket and kill him. She escapes to the surface with the antivirus, but Isaacs reboots and catches her before she can release it. Before he can kill her, the Isaacs clone from the convoy arrives and kills him, <laughs> believing himself to be the original Isaacs. And he's the, he's the kind of crazy who's like, hey, there, there can't be any copies. I'm the real one. Mm-hmm. There can be only one. The clone is then devoured by the undead, which serves him right. Alice releases the antivirus, killing all of the zombies around her before she passes out. Wesker simultaneously drops the dead man's switch, destroying himself, Al- Alicia, the Hive, and the hibernating Umbrella Elite. Claire wakes Alice, who survived because the antivirus killed the T-virus within her body, not the healthy cells. The Red Queen mm-hmm. uploads Alicia's childhood memories into Alice, granting her a childhood. Um, I think Alice has to to survive the they made it sound like ah hey it's a switch you're not gonna die but if this and well i don't know i guess is this antivirus gonna kill the people that that is this antivirus gonna kill the people that are already turned or Mm -hmm. just keep anybody else from getting turned yeah exactly it's supposed to just it's supposed to destroy anything they you literally use the word destroy. It is supposed to destroy okay. anything that is infected by the T virus. And okay. so the whole movie, do you think that Alice, when she does this, is gonna die? Yeah. She thinks she's gonna die because she's yeah. infected with the T virus. But it, and then when she wakes up, it's like, oh, it just killed the T virus inside of you. We just had to know that you would sacrifice yourself to make sure guess, that everything's cool. <laughs> I guess the full blown zombies have a much higher load of T virus. And so if it destroys it, then there's nothing left of them. There are no healthy cells left 
to keep going in the typical zombie. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like a bit of a cop out, but I'm not complaining because. Yeah, I, I feel like the, the see, like, I, yeah, I feel like the whole mood, like there are just little moments where it's like, like. It it just seems like a doesn't make sense, but we, it just it seems like a an antivirus that kills the host is not a very useful antivirus. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it, yeah, if your if your zombies are completely infected, then yeah, they've got to go. Or if you're like the mutated like flying zombies, yeah. you know, like. Alice travels into Manhattan, saying that the antivirus carried only by the winds will take years to reach all corners of the globe, and until it does, her mission is not finished. Screen ends while flying B.O.W.'s closer. This is not a well-written sentence. I guess B.O.W.'s are the names of the big flying things? Hmm. Uh, but that is not... They didn't, <laughs> This summary did not establish that. <laughs> yeah, and I, can't, I don't see what the heck those are, what that stands for. But yeah, there's big flying zombie monster mutant things that the T-Virus has created. So as she's driving along, is she on a motorcycle again at the end? Is she what? Is she on a motorcycle again at the end? Yeah. So as she's driving off a couple of these big, we see a couple of these big flying things getting ready to go harass her. And then it ends with her saying, my name is Alice. (laughs) So there we go. And that is how they end her six-movie journey through the zombie apocalypse. Wow. The whole thing. So I is I loved it. Loved it all. Love all six movies. Loved Love it. anything Mila does. Loved it. <laughs> yeah, I would say uh, movie one and movie five are my favorites, I think. Okay. But yeah, I love this one too. Four Four Pumpkins for me, just because of the like moments that were kind of like, okay, I whatever. <laughs> well, I'll yeah, like say that think, that makes sense. I think I might only give it four as well because of the lame costume. <laughs> oh my god! Stop. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was a hundred and six minutes. I don't think I said, and the budget was forty million. But the box office was three hundred twelve point two million. Damn. Yeah. Get it, bitch. Highest grossing film in the franchise. Wow. So there you go. Yeah, I thought it was great. I really did. I, I, there's so many new things and ideas in it, and like, it's a great film. Like, as far as I feel like they kind of dropped the Matrix bullshit in this film, and just uh-huh. really, and it went back to like. You know, it was, it's really good. I could see why. Also, it just being the last one. Even though it goes back to the hive, it is not at all just a run through that level again kind yeah. of thing. Hell no, it is. It's very, it's a very different situation now. Yeah, it's so good. So it continues to be a sequel that doesn't just retread what the, what the other movies did. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate that. So much. So it, that that ends the that six movie series, and then they have they start over in 2012 with Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City. I think it is their intention to continue that series to do a sequel to that. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It just came out last year, so there will if there is a sequel, it won't be for another year or two. I think 
we're booked up for this year, but there might be one slot yet left, so maybe we'll squeeze that one in. We'll have to see. Cool. I seem to recall that it was uh, okay, but I'll have to rewatch it. Any other final thoughts? I, I would say, I, I want to say for the entire series, I give the entire series five pumpkins. Even though we gave each individual movie like mm-hmm. scores, I still, right. I think as a series, it's like five for me. Um, even though I some agree. of the movies were like fours. So, yeah, I Something agree. That, Absolutely. Yeah. Totally. If you have, so, if you haven't so watched worth it. the revisit, please watch. Mm-hmm. I rewatch these uh, about once a year. My letterbox tells me I definitely watched them all last year. <laughs> and I'll probably watch them again next year. I tend to watch all the screen movies every year, you know, usually around Halloween. I ha- This year I rewatched the most recent one for this podcast, but I haven't rewatched the others yet. But I'll probably get around to that. Okay, so I guess that will wrap it up for this episode. We love you, Mila. <laughs> Mila, please come on the show. Come talk to us. <laughs> uh, could you imagine? I can't. So join us tomorrow. I will have a special interview with, it's another role-playing game interview, with Charlie Menzies, the writer of a horror role-playing game called Shiver. They have a crowdfunding for a new variant of the game launching tomorrow. So cool. I will have it. We will have an interview with him, and then he and I will discuss the movie You're Next. So join us here for that. Until then, I have been Precious D. And I have been Honey B. Remember to keep calm and seek shelter in basements. And please don't misuse science. We will not see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato folk rock punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg. My name is Alice There's zombies living on my floor We live upstairs from you Is that why we never see you no more? If you hear something late at night Some yucky, gross, horrible, bloody fight Guess you better run away Cause you know I'll be the only one to survive.